Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. people friends we're back bloody happy hour thirsty thursday thirsty thursday is here finally 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 this is my favorite day of the week oh for sure i had the longest day day and it went so slow you're fine you can just gotta hey we Uh, got a special guest have a guest our number one critic (laughs) number one (laughs) not our number one fan number one he's gonna become our number one fan I am your number one fan. Oh. So you, you may. Just oh, he's not even caught up in all the episodes. He, you he might have heard me talk, us reference a sweet pea, and it's not the baby off the Popeye cartoon. Oh Caroline my gosh, has no pea. idea. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's my husband's name. He's popping him a top right now. Sweet pea, what are you drinking? Dos is Can you tell everybody favorite. hi? Hello, everyone. How are y'all? We're good. <laughs> dumb. I'm real dumb sometimes. So he's off today and was just bored. And because we're filming, recording, recording, killer athletes, he was a little bit more interested than he is in some of the other ones. He didn't want to come here about um, the females? Catherine Knight. Catherine no. Knight? No. I had to work. Oh, yeah, he's just she off. Just said I was out. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Been I, a few listen, days, just bored. You know, I just half listen sometimes. So sorry. <laughs> I would expect nothing more or less. I think it's nothing less. Nothing less. So what's going on? What's up? What's the latest? How's life? Mm, well, I don't know. Wonderful. Got some rain. And, uh, that's real that boring. Means, no, <laughs> that's like that what I would say. That means I don't have to water my yard. Are we married? <laughs> that's what that she means. said that before, and I just <laughs> fell asleep. I, I literally said that like one she time. She was like, "I didn't have to turn on my sprinklers because yes. that's awesome." And she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just fell asleep." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I thought it was really exciting, so." I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm speaking. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to say every time I say something, listen, listen. So I'm going to be bossy. Oh, yeah. No, I'm probably not. I'll forget. I already, already forgot. 
I don't know why I say listen so many times, but that should be it when I drink. Yeah. I mean, when I tell the story, because I know I say it 70 times. Well, what I say 70 times is, let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> let me just tell you. So I want to make sure I tell you everything. Maybe four times. Four times. And as slow as possible. So what people don't know is this is our second time recording this story. But you're only going to hear it the second time. But the first time, I got really fired up. And I dropped about 14 F-bombs. And I didn't want to get a whooping by my mama. Oh, she would whoop you? She would whoop me, but not with the belt. She don't believe to whoop did the belt. Did she, you would ever sw- get- she would pinch me real hard and twist. Pinch and say, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I got whooped one time, and I was, like, butt naked. I was, like, what? eight years old or something, and I was t- going to take a bath. Well, no, this is what happened. I, I peed in my sister's hair cup. So she Why do you had, have a haircut? No, she had this is like we're little kids. She had long, long hair, like almost like went to like the top of her butt or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, it was really long. So she had a a cup to rinse her hair out when we were in the bath. Like oh, she would rinse her the yeah. soap and stuff out of her hair. So I was obviously mad at her. So I was like, I'm gonna pee in her hair cup. So I peed in her hair cup when she went to rinse it out. <laughs> <laughs> Which sister? Joanne, I mean, this is my older sister. Okay. Where, <clears throat> so she, I mean, because we grew up together. Yeah. You know, young and stuff. So she, like, started yelling, Dad, she peed in my haircut. She peed in my haircut. And so he, like, came upstairs to try to get me. And I, like, ran into the attic or somewhere. I was, like, running naked somewhere. And he got me. And I was like, oh, no, He would be so, on the news for that these days. Oh, for sure. Swoopy, did you get whoopings growing up? Did I? They used to paddle kids in school. Did we talk about this already? No. I mean, yeah. No, we haven't talked about it yet. But they did that. Do you remember that? Yeah. We had a... um, Mr. Beeson had a paddle. Mr. Yarbrough would put holes in his paddle just so he could get, like, wind through it and he could swing it, like, faster. They probably need to bring the paddles back. And the hit would be harder. They need to bring the paddles back. They probably do. Yes, they do. Did you get just regular whoopings, or did you get whoopings? Oh, he's no. from the country. He got whooped with a picket string. I got whooped with a, yeah. Like a refrigerator cord? No, a Somebody said string. they used no. to. Extension cord? What's a, pic- a picking string? Picking string. It's what you use to tie. It's like a guitar? Rope. No, it's what oh. calf ropers use. Tie calves' legs up. With <laughs> rope. Oh, no. And it's got metal on it, don't I mean, it? We have, no, I don't have any metal on oh. it. No. You know, we rode horses and rope calves and stuff. So my dad used to lay me across the bed. Me with that pig and string and hang it on my headboard so I can look at it. For reminder. Yeah, it's a reminder. <laughs> kind of like Catherine yeah. Knight with those knives yeah. above her Hey, yes. it worked. Oh, sure did your did. mom take off her chunkla and, and hit you with it? Uh, I used to love my mom with me because I could block it. And <laughs> nah, she would just grab a belt or something, but I would like block it and stuff. But my dad, he like made you lay across the bed and look the opposite direction. Where were your hands? Where'd your hands have to be? I don't know. It was like just... I don't know. Big Terry's about to get arrested behind this podcast. <laughs> There's no statute limitation on child abuse. I mean, <laughs> um, Caroline, are, is the topic Baylor today? Yes. Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. Is this episode two? Two? No. Yeah. Two. Episode two of our killer athletes. Yeah. We did yeah. Ray. Yep. We have. So, yeah, last week we had, who was it? Ray Carruth. Oh, yeah. And he was a little crazy. She doesn't even remember. It takes me a while to go back into my brain. 
what it is exciting when they finally send us this edited and it's like oh i forgot i totally all of forgot this. yes forgot all of this because we actually record like a month ahead if y'all can't tell if you can't that's why one <laughs> week i had no voice next week i had a voice and then the next week it was gone <laughs> the voice it was, was gone so again confusing. so um tell us wh- who you're talking about and why you're excited about it or not excited about it i mean i'm excited about it because this is a waco story Yes. And it's Baylor. And it's like, well, that's the college town that we have here. So, and it's um, close to home, obviously. I always love a local story. Yeah. So, story of Patrick Dennehy. And so, those of you that don't know, Baylor basketball player, um, this happened how many years ago? 2003. There was a scandal going on. Yeah, so that's that's what this one is. This is basketball. There's stuff going on with the head coach, stuff going on with the players. There's, I mean, there's a whole mix of things. But to get us started off. Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Baylor University athlete Patrick Dennehy has vanished without a trace. It's one of those things people around here do not talk about. The summer of 2003 has been wiped from the pages of history. Baylor is a big-time athletic program where winning is paramount. We all thought that the 2003 season was the year. I remember Patrick telling me that with his help, Baylor would be the Big 12 champion. Patrick was always very calm, cool, and collected, but he called me frantic. He told me he was being threatened. He told me he was going to buy a gun. He was not in class, and nobody seemed to know where he was. It's like he disappeared off the face of the earth. Police in Waco, Texas, fear the worst and think that some of Denny's teammates might know something about it. 911, the first time that I hear that coaches are paying Patrick Dennehy is through media reports. Patrick was a 6'9 feature NBA player. Of course he's on scholarship, but he wasn't. How did Patrick pay tuition? There was one guy who knew everything that was going on, and that was Dave Bliss. We didn't know until those tapes came out, because the tapes is when, you know, it's over for him. There's nobody right now that can say that we paid Patrick Dennehy. This man is lying. I saw coaches give Patrick money on many occasions. We didn't hear what the truth was. The truth is still there somewhere. This was the ultimate lights are off, doors closed, cover up. People did not want to see their beloved university or their beloved program hurt. I haven't forgiven Dave Bliss. He's never going to talk again. Why would he? You ready, Dave? Yeah. The sound of his voice disgusts me. I'm going to try to keep it calm this time. No, don't keep it calm. We need to see all your emotions and hear them. So that was the uh, preview or the trailer for the um, Showtime documentary Disgraced, which was based on the Baylor basketball scandal. Um, so for those of you don't, who don't know about Baylor, Baylor is the world's largest Baptist in- institution. It's here in Waco. It's a private college. Um and back, this happened back in the in the late 1990s, early 2000s. So Coach Bliss is he got he came in in 1999. Um, 
But Baylor basketball and most all the sports there were pretty terrible at the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he had um, – nobody really paid attention to Baylor at that point. They weren't winning games. They weren't – I mean, there was just nothing exciting to see, nothing going what on. What was their record again? Well, they so like their record – they were 0-16 in conference play. So they okay. won zero games out of 16 in conference play, and they uh, – that, which means they don't get to go forward. They don't play any postseason games. Okay. So it's that's not good. Sweepy, do you remember that time? Yeah, like what when, do you know about this time? Do you when know Baylor something? sucked that bad? I mean, I remember I mean, when I they remember did. It. I mean, just not to a detail, but. I just remember going to the games and, yeah. like, there was hardly anybody there. And my friend and I would go and they would, we'd win pizzas and stuff. Like, it. And they let you in for, for, for like our just remember like you bring a bottle of Coke <laughs> and you got in free yeah. some canned goods. They would send. <gasps> I worked at an elementary and they would just send tickets to all the kids. This is football too, like football. Yeah, this was most of the. I mean, they just they were whatever. That's just kind of what we always knew. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were yeah. So Coach Bliss is the new coach who's coming in. He's coming from. Um, a few different – he has a good record at this point, he, but they're bringing him in. They're wanting to change up the program. Okay. Like, they're wanting him to get people in out in the seats. They're wanting him to bring in um, big donors and just bring in some money to help get some good recruits to this university so they can have at least win one game, maybe. That would be nice. One. That's not asking for too much. So – let me tell you a little bit of background about him. He came to Baylor with about 400 to 500 wins. Um, and he was at Oklahoma for about five years. He was at SMU for a little bit. And then he was at New Mexico, which that's where he had the most wins was in New Mexico. Okay. Was he the same New Mexico? Yes. Am I jumping the gun? That no, Patrick no, no. was at? No. I, I thought, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought about that. Like, did, I didn't even did think he about know that. of him before? Anyways, I'd watched the documentary and I wondered. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. But uh, he was at SMU during the time that they had all their um, death penalties with their football team scandal. And he was there during it doing shady stuff as the basketball coach. But since the football program was getting in trouble for all of this stuff. And they had like for a couple years, the death, I mean, were they just, you can't. Death penalty, you can't do anything, right? You're, no. You can't play for a no. year? Or what's the penalty? A year? Two years? <gasps> um, I have it. Uh, um, Let's see. No scholarships, you're banned yeah, you did. for a certain amount of time, so many years. I'm not exactly for sure, but it's a, it's a harsh penalty. It's it's tough. Oh, yeah, it's like I mean, SMU the hasn't, worst. They haven't been right since. I mean, they're coming around now. Like yeah. Two years, but. It, it took a toll on for H- a long the time. highest, harshest penalty that can be yeah, uh, given no down to a NCAA wow. school. So, yeah, that's but, a little bit, yeah. What? But does that only affect football since it was a football thing, or were all sports? I feel out? like since football is like yeah. the number one money maker, like the number one sport of the school, typically. Yeah, that it that's has an effect on all the programs. But yeah, I mean, it was just football related. Okay, I guess it um, it's it affects their the bringing in their money. Okay. It affects the revenue, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, other sports can still give scholarships and stuff, but that's not the big money makers of the school. Got it. Um, yeah. So, 
That's probably the only person I'm going to just tell you about because otherwise I'm going to go into it. Okay. Switch it up. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Good, because it's happening. Um, we have two, uh, two, these are the two major people, Carlton Dotson and Patrick Dennehy, all right? So, these two, so Patrick Dennehy, actually, he got in hot water with his coach and his teammates at the school he was at right before Baylor. Um, he had, like, stormed out of a practice, and they were looking to kick him off of the team. So, he luckily made enough of an impact on this team in his conference that he got the opportunity to go and to get recruited by another conference, which would be by Baylor. Yeah, and back then there was no, like, transfer portal. So I wonder if you just do your own recruiting. Do coaches just reach out to you? So that was probably stressful. Well, okay, there had to have been something because 2003 I graduated and I was getting recruited for high jump. No, I'm saying there was no transfer portal. Now when kids transfer, they go into this portal and schools can see that they're available and they can pick them up. Well, because you can't, when you're ready, when, if you're wanting to transfer during the year, you can't like say anything. No, because you're under a NL, but like that's NL allowed with somebody else, right? Well, because if you're, you take, like, I if I'm wanting to transfer. When you went from Texas State to A&M, right, how did I you go? C- I couldn't talk to the coach. Uh-huh. Like, my parents or my, I don't know if my coach even, co- I don't I don't know who it is that talks to that coach, but it's just not the athlete. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, back then, that's how it was. Yeah. But until, I don't know, how, I don't, a certain time, I just was like, eh, don't, what if I do it? <laughs> you know. So your dad shocked. just told you you're going to A&M? No, like this, I guess either coaches or my parents or whatever, all of them were talking to, we were trying to figure out where I was going to go. But then when I finally could talk to them, then there was already like a list of places I was going to go visit. Oh. Hmm. I mean, uh, they're How probably did I know about this process and she lived it? Um, well, <laughs> I didn't really pay attention much back then. I don't really do much now anyway. So. People just told her where to go and she went. Yes, I told you. I like people to tell me what to do. She does. So, do I need to go? Listen. Are you, do you like a dom? Are Excuse you me? like Christian Grey and Fifty Shades of Grey? Do you like go in the room and like kneel down no, and I let mean, the dom walk in and like tell you what to do? If there was a dom that wanted to walk in and tell me what to do, then let's do it. Done. This is an advertisement <laughs> right now. We, we're going back to our sex podcast like last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. We go back and forth through crime. Because apparently Sweet Pea said this was a porn podcast. <laughs> porn oh, she pod. told you that? You yeah. didn't really know well, what we really do in here? I have porn. And you just, there's, actually, you never know what's going to happen. Never know. <laughs> no. But anyway, let's get back to it. You're supposed to tell me to listen. No, I'm supposed to tell you to listen. Okay, go. Okay. He, okay, so Dennehy was eventually offered a spot on the roster on the Baylor University basketball team. Okay, so per league rules, so there's it's different for different conferences. I know for back whenever it was me transferring to another college, if it was within the same conference, you had to sit out a year. But if yeah. you went to a different conference, you could go and you could play right away. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's the case in this situation. But they were in different conferences. He just redshirted, I think. Well, he probably had to because Carlton had transferred there and he didn't have, have to, to sh- sit out a year. And then, But Patrick transferred but he there did, and yeah. he did have to sit out a year. I, I don't know if it's so much a 
from a conference thing. I think it's from say if it depends on the level whether well, you have to sit out or not. Like a in like a division one, division two, or something. Like say if you went from a division one to back then, which was a division one double A. Mm-hmm. I think that I may be wrong. Well, I mean, I just know with track. I mean, that's I don't yeah. know if they do it with differently with sports, yeah. but it, it, the I just know they're like if it's conference to conference, like same Big Twelve, Big Twelve, you got to sit, sit out. out. Yeah, yeah. But like I was South Southland, which was which wasn't but, a double A. It was it was still a one division it, one. Yeah, right, right, right. So, but I don't know about that. So you and you didn't right. have to sit out. I did not have yeah. to. Anywho, no. but Patrick did. So he was there for a whole year and, and was just on the bench. Like you see him on the bench. Yeah. Um, during the games and kind of coaching up the, and at practices. Yeah, but he, he was. Never got yeah, he was it. required to sit out a year, and he was. So at this time, he's like twenty one years old. So this guy's like he's six ten, big guy, two hundred two hundred thirty pounds. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he passed the eyeball test. I mean, so he's a good guy, good-looking guy, and he um, is going to get ready to play for the 2003-2004 season. So he had to sit out, the, like I said, the prior season. So this Baylor team was looking uh, like they were ready to make a run for, like, let's win some games, let's go to the Big 12 championship, let's knock out Texas and uh, or Kansas, you know, and all the big – you know, schools that are in the conference because they were in the Big 12 at this point. I didn't know yeah. if they were in the Southwest Conference, but they're already in the they Big 12. They were. Big 12, yeah. yeah. So the other one, like I said, was the other transfer was Carlton. So he had transferred uh, the same time as Patrick, but just like we were talking about, he did not have to sit out a year. So they, they got to Baylor at the same time. Pat uh, Carlton got to play right away. Patrick set out the year. Carlton mm-hmm. come from a uh, junior, junior college, college. Didn't uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah he come from so yeah. He wouldn't have a, he wouldn't have to sit out. He so oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So um, Dotson had so this is his he whenever the year that he played for Baylor he played about 28 games they said and about 16 minutes a game. So. There was also this other guy who was an also another JUCO transfer, and this is Harvey Thomas. So Harvey Thomas is um, he's getting to play right away, but Coach Bliss was like Harvey Thomas. He's the missing piece. Well, he kind of compared him to Carlton a little bit. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, I think Harvey got there like the summer after Carlton and them had been there, and Harvey has like is the dominant force on the field. Yeah, because Coach Bliss told Carlton that his playing time would be decreased significantly. Yes, and so Carlton didn't like that. No. So at this point, Carlton Dotson is wanting to leave Baylor and transfer again if he could find a school. But this is this is the other thing. In early 2003, so whenever he had got there, he was married. Yes. So he and his wife split up and then and then Carlton then goes to live with Patrick Mm -hmm. so they're good friends Mm -hmm. you know or whatever they're good friends they're teammates but at this point in 2003 they're they haven't been like living together for a year already they're just gonna now start living together like right when the story starts so uh let's see early 2003 yeah they split up and this, uh, okay, so at this point, they decide, to, so they move in together, and they decide that they want to go, um, They an- D- Carlton answers an ad for 
some pit bulls. Okay. So he's going to go, and uh, they go out to this farm, which is just, I think it's just down the road, just past the feral center, and it's what, this gravel pit, they call it, whatever. Um, and that's where they go, and they get these dogs from these breeders. And they're like, we're going to go check out these dogs, and then they they eventually, like, make friends with these, with these owners of the property. Um, I mean, they go out there and play basketball with them, hang out with their kids. I mean, they'll go out there every once in a while and um, just kind of become friends with this couple. Um, so then let's fast forward to early uh, June. Okay. Right? So we're just in, we're in 2003. This is around June 6th. So Carlton Dotson and Patrick Dennehy, they're good friends. So Patrick tells his girlfriend, or pa- why did I say Patrick tells his girlfriend? He does. He does tell his girlfriend that their teammate, Harvey Thomas, which is the one who all, who is threatening to take Carlton's spot, stole money from their apartment and that they're being threatened with guns. So the next day, Carlton and Patrick decide they're going to go buy guns to protect themselves. Well, they also go and they ask the um, owners of this farm, who they've made good friends with, if they can have permission to go out and practice shooting the guns and do like target practice or whatever they're going to do. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. So then uh, a few days after that, they, so they obviously went to go buy these guns because they felt like they were, they needed something to protect themselves. They were scared of something. And by this point, stuff had supposedly gone missing. Like money money had gone missing. They were just, a car was broken into. Yeah. Um, so they buy these guns, they're nervous, they're worried, and then um, finally, a few days after they buy their guns, they go and they tell the coaches about these threats, they ask for advice what to do, do they need to go to the police, and I mean, some say that it was just Patrick that went and talked to the cops, some say it was both of them, we've yeah heard conflicting stories yeah. and read conflicting articles and stuff like that, but... Um, either way, they did some, one of them went to the coaches and apparently the coaches said, you know, no, don't go to the police. We'll just handle this in house. And the, eventually we know what happens, but a few days later, this is the last time that Patrick Dennehy is seen, which is on June 12th. So this is going into a weekend. All right. And so people start to become concerned about not knowing where Patrick is and one of the assistant coaches, which is Coach Abar Roos. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Hero? Hero Abar? That's Hero Abar. Okay. At some point, I'll play the hero. Hero. The DJ Airhorn. So, Hero Abar Roos. So, his job at this point was to go check on the athletes and to make sure they're in class. I mean, that's a normal thing to do. Yeah. Right? Like, right. Your coaches are there to take care of you, to make sure you're getting all your shit done and make sure that... Yeah. You're going to class, you're, you know, and coming most to practice. Yeah, that's the normal thing. have somebody like that. Like, they're going to visually, like, make yes. eye contact yeah, with they'll the kid. Come, yeah, yes. So Pre-COVID. Oh, well, that's true. So he goes to check on uh, Patrick, and he's not in class. And this is on the 13th. Okay, so he's not in class. Then he, he eventually goes over to his apartment to see if there's a car there. 
nobody answers the door. There's no car. So he's like, okay, well, I'm not too, it's just the first, he's just missing one day. It is summertime, yeah. whatever. And it was like a Monday and supposedly he was going to be out of town that weekend. Yeah. A Friday. Okay. It's a Friday. Okay. Cause then okay. the following he two days later was, uh, was father's day. Yes. That's right. That's right. So he had missed class that Friday. A couple of days later, father's day comes around and his stepdad doesn't hear from him, which is pretty odd. It's not a normal thing. He said they have a pretty close relationship. So he was like, well, he just didn't call me. Maybe I'll hear from him in the next day or two. Well, he didn't. So he starts getting concerned. And then, um, the, Friend's parent, like the girlfriend is, she does a lot in the story. And also the parents. So they call Carlton and they're like, like, have you seen Patrick? Do you know where he is? Like, what, Do you, is there anything going on? He's like, no, I'm, I'm not even on campus. Like he's back at where he's Maryland. like, yeah, he's back at home, which his home is Maryland. So he's like, yeah, I'm back at home. And I just hadn't heard from him, blah, blah, blah. So finally Patrick's. Uh, stepdad calls Coach Bliss and he's like, um, it's been like three or four days. I haven't heard from Patrick. Like, do you, have you seen him? Do you know where he is? And Coach Bliss is like, oh yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably, he's around. He's just probably with his friends. That's all he says. So then they're like, okay, he just kind of lets it go for a little bit. Can you imagine these parents, like you send your kid to college to this program, you expect your coaches to know, like, be that other parent, that third eye for you mm-hmm. in your absence. And then they're far away. They're not down the road. They're not in Texas. They're in a whole nother, where's he from? California? California. Yeah, yeah California. California. Oh, yeah. So it's not like they can drive <laughs> just to go check in on the apartment. So I can't even imagine the desperation of these parents. And there's no Life 360 back then, so she can't pull up her <laughs> cell phone and see where he is. Uh-uh. No. Well. Well, so then they have a third roommate. So basically what it is, the living situation with Patrick, it's Patrick Carlton, Patrick, Patrick, Denny, he, Carlton Dotson, and they have a third roommate, Chris Turk. Okay, so he had recently been out of town, and he came back from being out of town, he came to his apartment, and he noticed the dogs that had looked like they like were starving and hadn't been fed for days. And like a bag of Patrick's was like left on the bed or uh, like a packed bag or something. He just, things just, things just seemed weird to him. Cause they were supposed to go visit him. I thought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he came home and so, and then he wrote him a note. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had, a, there was just a lot of red flags that started going off to him. So eventually on June 19th, a few days later, I mean, it's a week later. It's not a few days. It's a week yeah. since they've heard from him. Yeah. So the stepdad ends up calling the Waco police and reporting him as a missing person. And so now we have rumors circulating about a missing basketball player, and this turns into this huge media thing. And, I mean, it's it's not just, like, Waco news. It's, like, Everywhere. CNN. National news, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, national right. news. Like, yeah, this is. Big. Yeah. Um. And so police begin to search search for Patrick. And so it's like June 25th by this point. So when did he call him? On the 19th. So the 25th, Patrick's, Patrick's vehicle, his Tahoe, is found in Virginia Beach in a mall parking lot. Mm, so Virginia, Yeah, so this is like 1,000 miles, 1,500 miles away from Waco. So the vehicle's found clean and no license plates, which 
apparently that was a way that they were trying to conceal it. But to me, if you have this car just parked out alone, I no feel like it's a little more obvious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. So police are trying to figure out where did this car come? Like, how did it get here? Who drove it here? What's going on? What's what's going what's happening? So a couple of days after that, the police re release a statement about potential suspects in the case um, as being some of Patrick's teammates. So in and then in the and then in relation to this statement, among other aspects of this investigation, there is a, a Florida attorney from like St. Petersburg. He's he represents he's known to represent athletes. Okay. So he actually says he's been hired by Carlton Dotson. Oh, just out of mm. the blue. Just out of the blue. So he lets the attorney tell says that Dotson is at his home in Maryland, which Maryland if you go look at a map and you know that it's close <laughs> to Virginia Beach, it's a it's pretty close. And he, the attorney says that like Carlton will not discuss the case. Okay. Like he won't discuss it. So we get to July 17th. Just after the um, attorney says Carlton would not discuss the case. Carlton decides he is going to meet with the police. Oh, Waco police, Waco police. Yeah. No, no. Virginia? At the he he calls he the FBI. He, well, yes, so so he meets with the police in Delaware. Okay, what is Delaware, Maryland? Oh, it's like they're all the like, state. but they're all like by, on top of each other. Yeah, so they, they just must all be run. because. Yeah. Because to me, like to say Virginia's <laughs> by Maryland, I'm like, oh, is it? <laughs> so I know that's why I said you got, I got to look at a map because like Washington and Maine and Wisconsin, like all, are those all together up here in a little thing? Well, you have Washington State. Listen, I just recently learned about Washington and Washington, D.C. Me too. Geography? <sighs> yes, but Why? Why do <laughs> they you have like a that? city or whatever the freaking capital called Washington, D.C. that's way over there and then a state called Washington way over there? Can you change the name? <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing me. So anyway, apparently <laughs> Delaware is close to Maryland, which is close to Virginia Beach. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. They're all like they're, a mile They're long. probably yeah. all of them are about... All combined, are they even as big as Texas? I mean, oh, no. No, I mean, no. you know, it takes like four days to drive across Texas. Yeah. It probably takes four. That's why it doesn't make sense states. to us. But it yeah, does that's do. why we're special. So, um, he goes and meets with the police in Delaware, but he doesn't say anything that leads them to believe that he's done anything wrong. So there's no charges that are filed, and Carlton just leaves. So I'm like, why is he? I think that he, the police wanted to meet with him because he. They knew he was so close to where the car uh -huh. was found. So that's when they met with him the first time. And then at this same time, back in Waco, a maintenance worker at an apartment complex, he finds a handgun and turns it over to police. Well, it turns out that this apartment complex was where Har Harvey Thomas lived. And remember, he was the one player that Coach Bliss said that was, gonna th was kind of threatening Carlton's spot on the team. Yeah. So I don't know. A little sus. Yes. So 
Um, this brings us to July 21st. There's so many dates. I know I don't have, really won't pay attention to that. But anyways, Carlton Dotson calls. It gives us a timeline. Yeah. That's good. So he calls 911. Okay. And he just wants to make a statement to, he, I mean, think about it. He actually makes a 911 phone call. And they're like, what's your emergency? And he's like, I need to talk to the FBI. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But I, I didn't say it. I need to talk to the FBI. I don't know. What, I forgot what I said already. <laughs> I need to make a phone call to the FBI. Something like that. But so he calls 911. He basically turns himself in and he's like, um, I want to talk to the FBI. And then this eventually leads to his arrest in Maryland and where he is charged with the murder of Patrick Dennehy. So this is when police realize that there's something that seems off with Dotson when they meet with him the first time. And then this is this is the interview. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you a clip of this interview because he goes on these rants about religion and how... He has already been forgiven for his sins uh-huh. and that there's no details about where Patrick is, but he just comes off as very unstable and people start to become really concerned about his mental health. Yes. All right. So let's listen to this. Mr. Carlton Dawson, do you understand that you're being reported? Yes. Why do you want us to come pick you up? What did you come here to tell us? There are many, many demonic spirits that are asking. There are things taking place that are unexplainable. What kind of things? People are trying to take me out. People are trying to do things that have been tried since I've been in Waco. You want to talk to the Waco Police Department again? No. Not them. My faith is so strong, I have been taken over by a power power. (laughs) <laughs> my family is a family of prophets you believe yourself to be a prophet <laughs> much more than that much more than that something bothering you Carl? all men should sin but there is time to repent time to repent I have to point out that when I listened to this on True Crime Garage, they were like, can I just point out that this is the second person from Waco that has claimed to be a prophet? Yes. And when I heard that, I was like, first of all, he's not from Waco. <laughs> but he got this. And so they were like, don't when you go to Waco, don't drink the water because you might become a prophet. I know. I have a hard time listening to them because I just have a hard time listening. I just need some more life. I love him. First time hearing that interview. So what do you oh, think you about that, Sleepy? Oh. I, I didn't, yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Oh. That's my first time hearing that so, interview. So. So do you think he's crazy? I mean, I, I the, the yeah. like that was creepy. Or was he already trying to plead, make his defense? See? Well, uh, yeah. That's what that one other. I got, I'm like dead in the middle with this. So let's finish but, but this like, and we're going to go okay, over our scenarios. So. Was there any other? Was there any history of him being in any type of psych? Well, I ain't gonna say a psych ward. Well, no. I mean, I. I so when we get there, supposedly the wife has had, like, has said some things. Huh. 
So basically what he said there is that he has he has many monsters that are after him and things are happening that are unexplainable and people have been trying to take him out but his faith is so strong that he has uh, he's been taken over by a higher power high power and he's like he, 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 you know if you didn't hear it <laughs> and he did say my family are you is a prophet a, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm call me prophet Eric no, that's who, I forgot to wear my mustache sorry. oh yeah so he he's been taken over by a higher power and um you know he's a prophet so um yeah there's a little there's a little situation going on there he goes to talk about repenting and he says he's already been forgiven for his any sin that he may have committed mm-hmm. i think at that point they ask him anything about patrick and that's um when he like leaves the interview but he also says that uh he was telling police that he was hearing voices. He was afraid for his life. And there are some reports that say that he, uh, that people were wanting to kill him because he is Jesus. He is the son of God. Uh huh. I remember articles saying that. And okay. So remember when he was interviewed the first time he was trying to make hero, a bar Roos seem like a bad guy yes saying that he came and he's got everybody selling drugs yeah so that coach so coach yes roos yep yep. rouse yes and so when they i didn't say that okay so before this interview with the police he was the first time that he was interviewed when he first got down there because what 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 i saw that happened is that they noticed that the car was there some of our waco police drove down checked out the car, and they were like, well, we're just right down the road. Let's go see Dodson. They interviewed Dodson, Mm -hmm. and they asked him all these questions, and he was of sound mind then. Yeah. And he was pointing the finger at, like, Abar Roos, Harvey Thomas, all these things, saying that all this drug dealing's going down. Well, Abar had been there, like, days by this like maybe not even a week you 12 days 12 days you don't even have a chance to like, i ain't no kingpin and then i want to bring up a bar roos because maybe I, this yeah. was his dream job dream job he graduated from baylor did you know this no a bar roos graduated from baylor he was coaching basketball mcc got this job and this was like dream job he gets there and then here the scandal is happening. This is the first thing. Yeah. This is the first thing that is like thrown That breaks at him. my heart for him. Okay. She loves her some by Roos. I don't even know him, but I just hate that he got shit on this whole time. Oh, like yeah. Like he had to get a lawyer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hmm. and based on what he does, he gets like uh, a Black scarlet bald. letter. A on him for really? w all. for whistleblower yeah this, this is the first time i've heard of this, this guy's oh, name okay yeah the only so. three players i've ever heard in the well, show so a Roos is the assistant coach i know that's what i'm saying but the, uh, only, Thomas? Three pl- only three players, players in, the in the story the story is bliss Dennehy and Dotson. Oh, yeah. so you don't even know about Harvey Thomas? I don't even know about Harvey, yeah. So so Harvey Thomas, he's he's mentioned every now and then in different reports. Yeah. Because sometimes, some like the documentary talks about how they're like, well, he had some kind of um, agreement with Bliss. Like they both were lying together. And mm-hmm. like maybe Harvey was lying about telling about threatening threatening and then bliss was lying about what i'm about to tell you about Uh scholarships and stuff but 
I don't, you just don't know. You yeah. don't know because there's no trial. So, hmm. yeah. So, um, oh, where was I? Let's see. At this point, oh, yeah. So we talk, he's the son of God. Yep, yep. So the police are confused because they're like, okay, so he, this is when he calls 911. He turns himself in and they're like, well, you're telling us all the, all of these things, but we don't, you're not telling us anything about Patrick about why are, you, why are you here? And so they're confused and they're like, um, what do you know about him? And they encourage him. He's like talking about how he's scared and they're like, you're safe here. We'll protect you. So finally Dotson opens up and he tells a story that he and Patrick were new gun owners, you know, uh-huh. and that they wanted to go practice shooting their guns. And that during the process, Patrick pulled the gun on him. The gun misfired. And so when it did, Carlton took the gun on Patrick and shot him. But before he did it, he said, God, forgive me. But he shot him twice in the head. Okay. So some people tell the story and they're like, he shot him. And and, uh, Carlton is claiming self-defense. Okay. And so what does Carlton do after he shoots him? After he shoots him twice in the head, he leaves the scene with Denny's Tahoe Goes back to change his clothes, throws his clothes in the dumpster, drives to Dallas to get rid of the guns, drives towards his home in Maryland when him and his uncle wipe clean the vehicle, take the tags off, drive it to Virginia Beach where authorities found it and police ask him where the body is, give me a map, and he leads him to the area. Right there, that's sound mine. Like that is, Hmm. you knew exactly what you were doing. You very um, strategically... Went home. That's so true. Your clothes through the dirty clothes with evidence, not just you know on the floor because you were panicking. Because if you, you bagged them up and you put them in the dumpster, if you had an issue, you would like just go home and like take a nap. And or if something. it was self defense, you would have called nine one one and said, "This is what happened. Come out here." Yes. Or you would have shot him to injure him. Yeah, and, not and why do you need to him? shoot him twice? Look, yeah. Swibby's real confused. He's like, you shot him twice? No, I'm no. I'm, did you know that you shot him twice? Because I didn't no, know. I didn't it. know that. Yeah, but he had why two. did Patrick? Why did why did Patrick so called pull the gun on him in the first place? He doesn't say. He said they were just. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said they were just out there practicing shooting. I, he didn't say so. Because they were supposed to leave and go to Chris, go visit Chris Turk, wherever Chris Turk lived. They're, yeah. And so then they were like, oh, let's go shoot. And they decided to go shoot instead. Whoever's idea it was. And out there is when it happened. Listen, all this story, yeah. to, in my opinion, it's just Dennehy, I mean, uh, Carlton Dotson just making up this whole oh, fake story. Right. Like, he had this whole thing planned. I mean, so, and then you talked to police, and you talked all around Patrick, but now you're crazy. Yes, now you're crazy. Yeah, that's that's why I don't, hmm. I don't even, the whole psychotic thing, that's a good, he did real good. It's convincing. Yeah. But everything that, you did that he, led up to good that. good laugh. But Ugh. that story about him, go, yeah, exactly what you said, changing his clothes and having, yeah, the wherewithal. So then you drive to Dallas, you go this way, north. And then you're going to go which way to go to Maryland? North I mean, east. you keep going north. north. East. Don't ask oh, it Carolina. is still east. Don't ask it's me because north? I just north found east. out yeah. that. Is it out of the way, though? What, I mean, Maryland? it's north. Right no, no, no. Maryland. Maryland. Where the hell are you going? Where 
it's not, no, technically it's not out of the way because you'll go up to Dallas and then you'll hit 30. and. Oh, truck driver over here. Okay, uh, well, I thought he was like backtracking. Me, so. <laughs> nah. I mean, I didn't know you were going to Maryland, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> so that is all just insane. So what day were we on? July 19th. So we're on the 25th now. So this is when the police start to uh, search around Waco. They're like, start to look for the body. So they eventually find Patrick's, or they find a body that was so badly decomposed that they had to match it with dental records. Mm -hmm. So I also heard that, and you know, if you need to cut your uh, micro, whatever Uh, you use, phone, turn your phone down. This is a lot. What do you use the word? Explicit content. So I heard that his head was off. Like, yeah, I think he was decapitated. So that's that's just some. But they think because that it was from like armadillos or the animals because he had been out there. Yeah, for so long there was so much decomposition. Texas summer heat. Texas heat. Yeah. 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 But like that is crazy. And so you can turn your radio back up now. Um. But they had to identify him with dental records and that they identify him, that they confirmed that it was him. So the following day, Dotson, so Carlton Dotson's estranged wife, so remember he was married, and she comes forward and she says that she witnessed Carlton like taking fake drug tests and that he was, that he was receiving cash from some of the coaches and that he had been hearing voices and having visions and had accused her of having an affair with a bunch of players on the team. And like, she called his mom and told her about it. And the mom called the coaches to get him help. But like the coaches apparently set him up with therapists and he just didn't go. Yeah. And he just didn't consistently go. So, I mean, he would, if, if he faked this, he'd been faking it for a while, I guess. Yeah. Like while he was. Yeah. Or, or it could be like. Our girlfriend's trying to uh, oh back God. up his story. See, this is why I'm so freaking gullible. I'm the worst. <laughs> but you know what? I'm oh. never trust anybody. So it could be either. It really I'm, could like, be people either. People could or. tell me so. Like, oh my god, oh my god. And see, she declined mm. to be in this documentary, like because I read the credits afterwards. She declined, oh. and then Larry John- Johnson because she had a lot of yeah. Because Harvey Thomas was in there. He was like, yeah, I took a polygraph test. Yeah, and he passed his polygraph. <laughs> he test. showed it. But listen, according to my ex-husband, <laughs> all you have to do is to pass a polygraph test. Is put a little. He's like, I can always pass one. I'm like, why are you telling me you could pass by? Why are you going to be taking a polygraph test? Why are you talking to me about this? You just step, put a needle, little needle in your shoe. I'm like, a I don't needle. know how you put a needle in your damn shoe, but you poke your toe over on a needle and and maybe you the tense pain up. stimulus. But then somewhere altered. I read that you just like squeeze your butthole and you won't or something, which I was like, <laughs> I can't do th- I two know. things at once, so I can't talk and do that at the same time. I don't know. Sweet Pea, you don't know? I'm not trying to get in a position to have to take a polygraph. Yep, you're right. So before, they couldn't really charge him with anything because they didn't have a body to corroborate his story. Now they have a body. Yes. And he is getting arrested. Yes. So this is where I tell you more. The midst of all this happening, Waco police also begin to meet with the coaches. Okay? So in addition to... 
everything. So Patrick's girlfriend decides she's going to come forward and self-report herself and Patrick to the, uh, like about the NCAA violations that have happened. So she goes on and she says that she and Patrick received payments from coaches that, I mean, and I, she's at a different school. Okay. So I, Oh, so they're married. And so she's not this even is, at this is Patrick. Patrick's girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. And okay. she's, yeah. Gotcha, and gotcha, she's gotcha. at another school, gotcha. but yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know what Carlton's all, girlfriend, like wife did. Um, I don't let, know if she did Let me did talk anything. about myself for a second. Okay, she's um, real mad because she didn't get paid. I'm real mad because I didn't get paid <laughs> for my sport. One no NIL back then? No, I don't even know what that means. What's <laughs> NIL? What is that? That's the new stuff that they got where these kids can get paid. Oh. Oh, well, Man. no. This was, this was, I, I, I wanted to get some under the table money. <laughs> Be like a, hell, they didn't even offer me anything. I'm pissed. I'm like, was I? I mean, I guess I was just a high jumper. Yeah. I mean, I have a record. <laughs> Her name is on I'm, something. I'm on the mat. Gonna be introduced in the Hall of Fame soon of my high school, which is depressing because if you're at a Midway, state champion at Midway, yes. What? You know how many people have like nominated me and they still won't put me Midway. I was a great substitute teacher for y'all last year. My friend's the new head coach. You want me to text him? Yeah, they ain't gonna do nothing because <laughs> I have a coach. Sweet Pea, make me no drink. I'm getting pissed over here. here. Just do the just Sweet Pea's stone cold in these beers over here, doing it real quietly, and and then can't even have the microphone next to him because he's burping so much. I think at least one, we need one good burp in the microphone. You got anything to mix this with? Or no, you it goes with water. I'm staying hydrated. Oh, so, the, so Patrick's girlfriend self-reports, and she says that she and Patrick received payments from coaches, that coaches paid for Patrick's car. And she says that Patrick, she was with Patrick whenever the coaches paid uh, to get his, yeah, the down payment for his car, $2,000 down payment to get his Tahoe. And that also everybody thinks, including his parents, that Patrick is on scholarship at Baylor. And he ain't. Because they're like, if you... Like, we would be having to pay for it, and we don't have to pay, like, the parents. He's like, we don't have to, we're not paying for anything. So when they when they find out he's not on scholarship, they're really confused. And everybody else, too. And so this book that I was reading is Matt Sayer, Sayman. And so he was the kid, the cute little kid, Sayman. white kid in the um, documentary. I thought that was Chris Basketball Dirk. player? No, no. There was another one. Oh. Yeah. There was two whole ones. There was two white kids. I didn't. <laughs> he was the other cute one, but he was like he was shocked too. The players yeah. were shocked to know to know that Patrick was not on scholarship because he was this future NBA, NBA player. Yes, he was an NBA caliber How player. Is he not? And then I wonder why was he not? Did were were they out of scholarship money or did I think that they tie were. Dave Bliss's hands? If he was on scholarship, he wouldn't have been able to do all this other stuff. I think they were out of it, and because he, ha they had, ju they they had just got look, they got Carlton, they got Harvey, they got Patrick. They've been getting, they're like stacking their team with either JUCO or transfer players because they're trying to get to trying to get better. Yeah, yeah they're trying to trying have to a winning compete. team. Trying to compete. Yeah. So I feel like, and I'm just saying, I feel like this is not uncommon. 
Okay. I feel like that this happens a lot, mainly because Coach Roos was like blackballed so hard for what he did, which is basically like rat Coach Bliss out. Let me read this what the girlfriend said in this book. Okay. Because so this this can go two ways. Patrick told his girlfriend everything. <clears throat> and so she knew all these under things that were s- happening like uh, behind the scenes. So he went to Baylor because they promised him an SUV. So on July 24, 2003, another crack appeared. And um, pa- Coach, the girlfriend, let me find it now. The girlfriend said that Coach Bliss and Patrick went to a dealership to look at a 1996 black Chevrolet Tahoe mm-hmm. The cost was $10,000, including a $2,000 down payment. So Patrick had to get his dad to co-sign for it, and then a week later he showed up with a wad of cash for the down payment. Um, and so the pre- the girlfriend is, like, going up to – the press and like telling her, telling them all this stuff. And so when he, she took him to the Feral Center, he came mm-hmm. back out with the cash, the down payment, and uh-huh. that's how he paid for it. Where'd he get that cash? Under his, well, Feral sometimes Center. I do stash cash in like weird places. I found like a hundred dollars in like a photo and like a frame. So the Pick fella, <laughs> so the fella came to Baylor <laughs> because he was promised an SUV. According not to a scholarship, an I, SUV. I feel like he. Oh, Bliss, Bliss was said, like, I'll, "I'll take care, of, care you. of you. Huh. I'll take care of you." And he didn't have to pay. So now here's the issue: or are you going to get there? Now they got to find this money. So the police oh. reporters are like, "Okay, go." No, I mean well, they're it, like, listen, "If I don't where do you get it. this two thousand dollars?" and Tuition costs this much. Where's this extra seven to ten thousand yeah. dollars? Yeah. How shit. is this tuition getting paid for? Yeah. yeah. But shit, we all know Baylor's not cheap. Oh he- yeah. And so yeah. Daddy and Mom are like, we're not paying for it. They're like, no, they, yeah. yeah, they're saying like we're we haven't paid for it, so we don't know how. We thought he was on scholarship. So hello, obviously somebody's paying for it. So boosters, somebody, living expenses, his car. I mean, and obviously at this time, this is a huge NCAA violation. So now the attention is going from the murder to the Baylor cover-up. Like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, so they're... It's, it's Which that sucks for the family because yeah because I mean that's where that it, becomes the bigger it, scandal yeah it, yeah it really does and so like now you have a you have a glimpse of you know Coach Bliss so at this time we know that he's vi- we know that he's violated these rules so what do we know uh, what happens when you get caught breaking rules what do you normally do if you break a rule April what do you normally do do you like try to figure out how to cover it up you like lie about it. Do you come clean? I mean, I mean the grown up no. thing is. <laughs> Soupy said no. no. Soupy, no, the grown up thing I mean, is. If you want to ask me, I would, I would probably try to lie, but I would not be able to. So it depends on what it. type of lie. It and was. then I wouldn't lie because I would. I can't lie. I'm real bad at lying. <laughs> but I, I can't lie to. I much. wouldn't try to cover my ass to make a dead person look worse. Which is exactly what he did. Which is real bad. So he tried, he wanted to figure out how to, uh, he needed to blame somebody. 
So who do you blame but the murder victim? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. The dead guy. Because they can't, yeah. Yeah, they can't, can't defend, defend themselves. themselves. Right, yeah. Right, no doubt. So he goes and he's like conjuring up this plan to uh, basically uh, frame, <laughs> like say Patrick Dennehy was the one that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's special. That Patrick Dennehy was a drug dealer. And that's how he paid for his tuition. He didn't put do anything under the table to pay for it. Patrick Dennehy was also a great basketball player slash kingpin. Oh, basically. Yeah. What you got? Go. Well, I'm just saying, like April just said, he's saying that Patrick Dennehy is a drug dealer paying for his education. So you got to know, you know, this guy's a drug dealer. But you got him on your basketball team? I don't, right. think, I don't yeah. think many coaches in America would yeah. have a known drug. If you know for sure this kid is selling drugs, I don't think a lot of kids, regardless of how good he is, yeah. would have them on their team. Well, I now mean, maybe if they smoke a little weed, okay, they can look over that. But if you're dr- but dealing if you're drugs, selling drugs because to the other teammates. Out of team, he's probably selling them to the other teammates too, tarnishing the team. And that's what he says. Yeah, because he starts telling people that, uh, yeah, th- I mean, all of this. So he's trying to figure out a way to make up for this money, obviously. Right. So this is this is what good old Coach Abar Roos, he he can tell. He's like something's wrong with this picture. Like, what are you talking about, Coach Bliss? Like, you're no. And so he decides that he needs to go to. Um, I'm guessing Circuit City at the time. I don't know. <laughs> it's closed now. Radio Shack. Yeah, Radio Shack. <laughs> and he's going to go, he's going to go buy a recorder to Bliss. He starts recording the conversations. So Coach Bliss is, is saying, he he's basically formulating his plan on what he's going to say. He's going to say, there's nobody right now that can say that we paid Patrick because he's dead. And so all we have to do is create reasonable doubt. And then Brit Bliss tries to also get current players to go along with this plan. And he then, to the point where he re- rehearses with them Mm-mm. for to get them familiar with, so they all have the same stories on what to say when they're going to meet with the investigators. And, like, they're, like, just literally Bliss. I mean, you saw the documentary. He's, like, say that we you've been going to his apartment. You were smoking weed. You were drinking stuff. You had some ladies, and you are having fun. And then Patrick just pulled out all this cash. Basically, Patrick run a brothel. Is that, what he that's, just that's described. Literally, a damn what? brothel. Yes, and there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds. So as but as Bliss is telling this, a like Coach Abar is recording all of it, like three days worth of. It's a recording with Coach Bliss and Abar themselves. It's a recording with Coach Bliss, Coach Abar, and players. So he has all these recordings. But and see. I, this I feel like Coach Abar isn't trying to expose the um the I think the, he's trying to save himself. Well, yes. It sounds like but that. it's yeah. when Dave Bliss was like, We just need to create a reasonable doubt and paint this kid as a bad person. And he also like leaves the contract on his desk. Do you oh, remember that part? Yeah. So like apparently 
Coach Abar came back to his desk one day, and there was the, it was Bliss's contract. And it was the page, the little section was highlighted saying, like, that he had the permission, I, like, he had the authority to fire and hire any assistant coaches. So, so this is so his, is he threatening? So, so yeah. pretty Basically much threatening. Basically, like, do what I Coach said. Yeah. 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 Shady. Shady. Mm. Shady, shady, shady. Wow. I want to play a shady song, but... Um, yeah, but he, yeah. yeah, I can't because his, in, his intro is, I wanted to get back to a Christian school oh, and retire yeah. Yeah. from a Christian yes. school Yes, and okay. Pay these kids under the table. Like I said last time, like if Patrick never got killed, he probably helped these kids like giving them money. Yeah. They're broke. These college kids are broke and yeah, they should probably get paid for yeah. Doing what they do with their body for these college programs and raising these college programs, <clears throat> but it was illegal. I'm not. I don't even care about that. <clears throat> I care that you're trying to rub this kid's name through the mud yeah. to cover your own ass. And it, and it gets so bad because at the. I mean, so here we go. So like this, and there's like an investigative committee, and they meet with the players and the coaches, and it's at this point that they ask for Coach Bliss's bank statements, and that's when he knows that he's like screwed. And like his personal or the like Baylor's. I mean, I don't know, just his bank statement. Personal. Yeah, I, I would assume he's, he's, he's got to be doing that. Personal oh, I don't think so. I, I mean, I would just withdraw cash, cash. And I would just make it. But I don't know. Apparently, no, I'm, because that could, I think that could be that could be tracked too easy. I mean, cash. Yeah, but he probably signs cash? off on his own shit. Huh? I'm well, sure he signs off on his own stuff. Well, everything goes through the head coach. But no, but, but like if you get if AD. you put a down payment on, a, well, no, I guess it's. Listen, this is what is personal. You know, I'm gonna act like I know everything because I don't know. <laughs> So uh, they they get the they get the bank statements and apparently, uh, he whatever they do he automatically thinks he's bust like he already know he knows he's caught. So however they they go about tracking it, that he knows he's caught. So in August, Coach Bliss resigns and the these tapes that Coach Roos had are made public. So. Everybody's shocked. They're just like, oh, my gosh. I, like, obviously. And according to the doc, like, the documentary we watched, the Disgrace doc, in, in Coach Bliss's 2017 interview, he admits, listen to this. It's real bad. You're going to get pissed, which you know. But he was wrong for making up the whole story about Denny He and about Denny He p- paying for school using drug money, but that... To this day, he still says that he thinks that he was that didn't he was selling drugs, and he was like, "Make oh, no mistake." Shit. He says, "Make no mistake, didn't he was selling drugs?" But you'll never know because the police were too busy hanging me. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was out there rampant selling. I mean, this is what he says in the interview. Okay. Yeah. But if you know this, if you think, if you. Know this kid is selling drugs. Why? Why do you have him on your team? Here's the thing. That's he making covered you up. look bad. Why no. do you have him on your team? Why do you have a drug dealer on your team? But they, if you know that he's selling yeah. Drugs? But they covered up bad drug tests. So it's October 2004. He was declared incompetent to stand trial by a judge, and he was sent to a mental hospital to be reevaluated for four months. And 
apparently three psychiatrists had to, um, like, they they diagnosed him with he was suffering from hallucinations and psychosis, and that once he could regain regain competency, he could he could have his trial. So he basically if like he stayed on those antipsychotic drugs. If he stayed on the, yes, that's what I don't get. Like, why didn't Andrea Yates go to prison? Oh, hey. She oh was psychotic <laughs> because I don't get the difference. They, okay, in my opinion, Baylor and Baylor graduates who oh. are district attorneys at uh-huh. this time in Waco. They're in cahoots with some other Baylor people, and they they're not wanting to get a trial. Yes, to have a trial. They're and not wanting to have that. a trial. I understand that. Like, it's, so this already looks and bad. And they also con- they also convinced him to no like they had no plea agreement. He plead pleaded guilty. He had he signed away his rights to an appeal. Like yeah. who? I don't. I'm. I only say who does that because I watch on these shows, but it's like. Who does that? Yeah. I mean. But he so, obviously didn't know what he signed. Because yeah, so in, so in February 20, 2005, Dotson returned to, he returned to jail after the psychologist deemed him competent to stand trial and that he, but they said that he must continue taking his antipsychotic drugs or medication. Um, and that the psychologist said that Dotson's accounts of hallucinations and hearing voices was a little sus. Prosecutors and uh, okay, so prosecutors and Dotson's defense team could not agree on terms of a plea agreement, and so they're like battling, and they're like, "Well, how much?" I think they were battling over how much time they wanted him to serve, mm-hmm. and so they came to an agreement. Oh, this is the worst. So he was gonna. He had no plea, and then I mean, I guess you obviously want to. Wh- how do you typically want to plea? Not guilty. Well, he five days before the trial was supposed to begin, he unexpectedly pleaded guilty to the murder of Patrick, didn't he? And this is without any kind of deal, so they have no deal, like. No, no deal. He's just pleading guilty. And he keeps, like, this... Okay, if you don't have a trial, it keeps the family from being, like, dragged through the mud. It keeps Baylor from... Being dragged through the mud. Yes, and it keeps from every all the details coming out. Because now you don't really know all the stuff. He's like, I'm guilty, I did it, bye. Like, it's done. Yeah, I'm in jail. Yeah, I'm in jail. And you're... And also, he signed his rights away from having being able to have an appeal. So, it's been he got sentenced to thirty five years. Dotson is up for parole actually this year, twenty twenty. So that's what twenty twenty one years. I don't know. I can't do math. No, so that the trial was, was what two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. So sixteen years. Oh my gosh, sweep years. Who was your math oh teacher? Oh my gosh, sweep uh, Mr. Sipes. <gasps> Oh, Mr. Sipes, he didn't and, do and, shit. And, and, oh, uh, Mr. Sipes, that was like junior high, 
Oh, no. Oh. Ice cream is Mr. Oliver. Sweet Pea. That's special. I think Sweet Pea, can you stay after the podcast? That special. You're a Can you stay after the podcast? You added that up so quick. Mr. Sweet Pea. Okay. Listen, I love I think he's retired. Sweet. Now, Wait. Sweet Pea? <gasps> April. On, April. It comes to porn part of April. the podcast. April. What? Sweet Pea. I love some good math. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline trying to go back to Blacksville. That's the, only th- th- that's the only thing I know. <laughs> I'm about to reach under Don't the table. Don't ask me to solve a problem. <laughs> I just know the teachers. You already solved the problem, T.P. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor ends up having to place itself on probation. They are limited to seven scholarships for two years. And they have uh, they cannot have wow. a postseason for one year. So it's like postseason ban for one year. And then the NCAA, that's just by Baylor. So then the NCAA uh, initiates a non-conference, non-conference ban for 2005-2006 uh, season. And their probationary period is also during that time. So they can have limiting recruiting privileges, which is not good. And then Bliss is, he basically is like, Cut out of the ins- cut out of being able to coach for ten years, uh, for quote despicable behavior and unethical conduct. He was so despicable. So in 2015, he was Bliss was hired as the head coach at a school, Southwestern Christian University. Oh, and then he's going oh, back just to the wait. Christian ones. Yeah, listen, Colorado. So in Colorado, right? And well, this is in 2015. Then apparently he oh, okay. resigned from there, and and then in 2017. He was, well, so he resigned because of the documentary. So the documentary came out in 2017, so he resigned from that university. But then it says that he, uh, later that same year, Las Vegas High School hired them as his head coach. But then he also resigned in 2018 after only one year as head coach. So he's like... So I need to know what you guys think. What is your scenario, like, with Carlton Dodson? Do you think he was psycho? Do you think he was jealous? Do you think he was desperate, Sweet Pea? I don't think he was psycho. I think he saw Denny as a threat. And one day they were out shooting guns. And I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe they had an argument. I don't know. But I think at some point he saw Denny as a threat. Like we were saying, taking this position and figured, okay, I'll eliminate. Caroline, what do you I think? I feel like I already know what you would think, so I'm... I, I'm literally... I go back and forth, but I want to know what you think. <sighs> it's so hard because uh, Coach Bliss just is so, like, de- determined on what... on his story. But at the same time, you're like... Like, Dotson obviously had a reason to not like both of the people, but then, like, you have Harvey Thomas over here, and I feel like he had a lot to do with it, but he's, like, secretly, like, undercover. But And we didn't talk about Larry Johnson this time. Yeah, we didn't, because because the first time I mentioned him, and, and then, was then I was like, yeah. there's nothing about him. So, Larry Johnson, and, and only because I watched your what you the did, do- yeah. and they left it very, like, questionable. Yeah, so I was like, Larry, why are you even telling me about Larry Johnson when there's nothing freaking about Larry Johnson in the whole story? But except for it, that he's the cousin who, like, sleeps on that couch one night. But he's also the cousin, okay, so is Harvey Thomas's cousin. Patrick Dennehy hosted Harvey Thomas 
when he was coming in, like because he was a recruit. Mm -hmm. And so until his apartment got ready, Harvey Thomas spent the night at Patrick and Carlton's house, and so they would hang out. Like Harvey's interview on the thing was Patrick picked him up from the airport and was like, hey, do you smoke? Okay, yeah. bet. So, so they bros. went back and they yeah. and so they got along, but then somehow that got twisted and Harvey became a threat. Whether that really happened or that was in Carlton's mind, we don't know yet because we didn't go to trial. Well, Larry, he called his cousin Larry Johnson, and Larry Johnson stayed on the couch with them. And then when Patrick went missing, Baylor had our Roos hero. Yeah. Abar Roos take Larry Johnson to the bus station or airport and bought his ticket to go back like quick. Mm. And so the documentary so left it Johnson like it. they um, like maybe he they left it like like he could have been a little <laughs> sus because he was jealous and then did all the things, dropped the gun, took the car. Uncle, you know, his uncle helped him wipe it down. And his uncle was like. Yeah, where'd this uncle go? You about that, to go well, to jail. That's, what, that's my next question. You about to go to jail. You better play like you crazy. You better go in there and say your name is Cinderella. And that's what he did. He oh, went there and he played crazy. Oh, That's my next question. So did the family, did the uncle and them know what he did? I mean, they knew what he did. So what happened to them? I Anything? think uncle said play crazy. So you don't get uh, And nothing happened to uncle. That's what, ho that's what I was like. Well, this uncle helped him like wipe down but his it, car and then like nothing? He's hey, gone. we want to hear your... You guys is, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Do you think it's just jealousy? About it. I know. I can go forever. It makes me mad. Do you think it's jealousy? Do you think he was psycho? Um, do you think there could be another yeah. whole situation that we haven't even thought about? Let's have some conversations yeah. on our Facebook or Instagram. Let's yeah, have some conversations. Sure. Email us. What's our email? Yeah, email <laughs> us. Oh, is he us now? <laughs> I What's think? our email? Wait, email wait, us. wait. Is he part of this now? Bloody happy hour. Email us? At gmail.com. Yes. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Wait, let me read you this. It's so funny. It's, what I is it? An article? One little story. Yeah. Okay, it says the title is... I mean, we've only been going for an hour <laughs> and three minutes. I know. So it says the title is Woman Arrested After Lewd Jail Visit with Inmate. Mm -mm. What? Spicy. Charlotte County, Florida. I'm shocked. Not really. Everything. Listen, Everything. you're going to die. A woman... A woman... Do you want me to... I'll act it out while I read it. A woman exposed her breasts <laughs> and appeared to pleasure herself during a virtual... Uh, visit with an inmate last week, ending up behind bars herself. Danielle Ferrero, 38, of Punta Gorda, spoke to the inmate in a video call at the at the jail's visitation center on August 8th. Ferrero and the inmate engaged in a lewd sexual conversation for about an hour, and she began touching herself while visiting the building. While visiting the building. Oh, my God. Ferrero was held... Let's see. Ferrero and the inmate engage in lewd. Se oh, I, I already said that, didn't I? Should yeah. I start over? <laughs> no. <coughs> Keep going. <laughs> Listen. The blah blah blah. At one point during the video session, Ferrero was ro was rocking back and forth in her feet <coughs> as a form of masturbation, and Ferrero also lifted her shirt to expose her breasts. 
to the inmate three separate times toward the end of the call. Ferrer was arrested later and charged with exposure of sexual organs within a public place and violation of probation uh, or community control. Once they were finished. She was <laughs> at the Charlotte County Jail and released later. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anything happens in Florida. Listen, she was... All about getting. She's a good little visitor. Some stuff. She was. Well, you know what? At least she's getting some of it. (laughs) Just saying. Hey, y'all! Don't forget to go on and RRS, rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see y'all next week with story three. And we're going to a wrestling session. We are. It's a wrestler. All right. So, so don't, don't forget it. to stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Bye. Say bye, sweet bee. Bye. Say bye. Have yeah. a good one. I enjoyed it. Oh. We'll have to do it again. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I wish I had known I was coming, though. I would have done a little more. I would have done some research. On oh, my God. Sweet bee, you're going to help me with mine. This is like spur of the moment. You're helping with mine. What's your next one? Oscar Pistorius. Oh, yes. Let's yes. do it the together. Blade Runner. Yes. 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 <gasps> I got you. Bye. Bye, y'all. Have a good one. Pew, pew. has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Are you ready for a rewarding career in the electrical industry? Quality Electric of the Coastal Carolinas, QECC, is looking for qualified electricians and electrical helpers to join its Charleston team. QECC offers guaranteed full-time hours, make up to $30 per hour with possible performance bonuses and career growth opportunities. Enjoy benefits like health insurance, dental and vision coverage, 401k plans, and more. If you're a motivated, experienced electrician, this job is for you. QECC is an equal opportunity employer. For all job inquiries, send email to hr at qeccinc.com.